tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. Winter, spring, summer, fall. Seasons change. We still keep it together. Hey, Beverly Hills 90210 fans. Are you ready to dive deep? Episode by episode. Storyline by storyline, character by character, as we break down the making of your favorite zip code with your host, Charles <laughs> Rose. Did I say that? Harry Mullins. thing about the, the, the real person, and we go, what? We'll get rid of this guy. Pete Ferrero. I'm feeling wonderful. <laughs> Kathleen looks crush, TV crushworthy. Like so many special guests, and all your questions. Live on the Beverly Hills 90210 Show. Oh, yeah. Well, hello, everybody. It is Pete. I am here on the Beverly Hills 90210 Show live uh, waiting for Chuck. We have no Chuck uh, yet present on the show. So in the meantime, I will run an old ad and hopefully he'll get in here. Well, well, well. When was the last time you checked out the Beverly Hills 90210 Show Shop? Because now it's loaded with so much more stuff. Did you ever want to join the gang at CU? Because now you can wear your official CU t-shirt. Or want to get into the fun with America zip code? Represent with this cool swag. Or maybe you have an invite to the Peach Pit After Dark and need the coolest shirt ever. We have loaded the store with so much more. So don't be a squeeze. Head over to Beverly Hills 90210showshop.com for all the latest goods. It's apparently my fault. I never sent Chuck the link. Uh, well, anyway, he'll be here in a second. But joining me right now is Corey Tyler. Herbert from this. Uh, Herbert Hubert. I don't know which you prefer <laughs> from this episode. And there is Charles. That's my. That's on me. Corey, I'm always a fucking afterthought to this guy. <laughs> that is on me. I, I feel like a, a baseball pitcher. A bullpen guy who just came in and totally blew the the save, right? Yes, and I and I just sent him down to the minor leagues. <laughs> nice oh. meeting you. We'll do this someday. Yeah, sorry about banished, that, Chuck. You know, you're banished. Yeah, I mean, it would have been helpful for you to have the link to get in, right? right. Yeah, yeah I've been waiting, but I've been also uh, doing a little. I'll do it. I'll finish it during um, a, a little observation about uh, this legacy key arc that I just have to do an episodic breakdown. So. While yeah. we're doing our titles, I'll rush and try to finish that. Okay. Uh, well, we did all the titles. We are live, Chuck. We are live on the air right now. Just to let, just to let you know, we've started. We're live. So. Oh, there'll we... be no cutting on this one, will there, Pete? Nope. <laughs> no, there will be no cutting. Okay. Um, all right. Let, let me let me let's start, Chuck, because we always love to start with you. You are the host of the show, and also the the one with all the knowledge. Um, so we've talked about the legacy key sort of like because we, we've been waiting to do this whole episode. So we've dropped a little hints. This happened. That happened. Right. Um, I don't think you're going to reveal the person's name of who this centered on. I've tried multiple times, but you will not. And I respect his that. First, his first name was Michael. OK, so this happened. Well, let's to do a version of Michael rode the boat ashore and let it be. OK. But so this happened to you. Let's start with the legacy key. This scenario, you saw this happen to a friend of yours in school. To me, it's well, you. I mean, I was offered a key that would open up uh, by someone who had recently graduated to hope that would open up doors and uh, and cabinets. Theoretically, cabinets. I don't know how one key opens up cabinets, but it was opening up different offices. And you theoretically you could get into the uh, paperwork. This was in the year I was offered was 1969, so there was no computer. Everything was on you know the old fashioned paper. 
Way easier to change the grade than what Herbert exactly. had. <laughs> exactly. No yeah. lockdowns uh, like you had. Right. Right. Corey, do you remember how you got on 90210? You auditioned. What was that process like for you? Do you remember that? Yeah. I, I actually remembered uh, going to uh, the audition, and there was some place, I forget what street, somewhere in the valley, somewhere in the like North Hollywood area valley, uh, and um, auditioning. And being very nervous, I had just finished, I believe, a recurring role on uh, A Different World on NBC. And that was a lot of fun. And so to get this role uh, was very cool for me. And I thought that I would be going off to the Beverly Hills High School to film this episode and to get the call sheet and say, wait a minute, Torrance High? Where, what is going on here? So, yeah, it was a ball. I really had a lot of fun working with... Uh, with with uh, Ian and 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 Jason and uh, and everyone on the cast. Yeah, um, and Chuck, you didn't recall the audition process for this part, right? But it's a big, it's a big, it's a critical part to the whole story. No, of course. And I think that uh, now, when I've seen now, I went back. We watched, you know, one one of the episodes, or I was catching up on on the on the different ones. And I think I may have cast you because of your hair. I think kind of like you know it was a modern look, and we wanted to be a modern show, and wow. I didn't know it was a, a different world. I I knew some of those people pretty well. Um, yeah, Deborah All, I was one of right. the producers of that show. I knew back in the day. Um, in fact, Pete, sidebar, it was Deborah All from a, a different world calling me. Uh, maybe about three months after Isn't It Romantic had aired to ask me uh, if the plot of uh, Isn't It Romantic had a teacher coming to the school who then revealed she had AIDS. I said, yes, that was our plot. I said, well, we just filmed it. We just put it out there too. <laughs> and by the way, they won an award and we won an award. Oh, they good. won the award for half hour. We won the award for the hour. So right. that's my memory of a different world. Uh, I remember it well. Yeah. 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 Just another sidebar, Chuck, real quick. Last week when we did the podcast, we did we didn't even really acknowledge this, but David said somewhere uh, last week's episode we did uh, we, we talking about what you're talking about the woman with AIDS. David says that woman is dead now. We we do you do you recall that in that episode that we did last week he was yes. talking yeah so we killed her off that was the end that was the end <laughs> yeah <laughs> well but the character who had aids was was dead not the, yes not, the actress hopefully is oh i'm hoping she's fine well and, right. yeah yeah and, and living in uh you know uh, i don't know so Beach. let's well let, let's talk why don't we talk about where do you want to start, Chuck? Do we want to see some of the first stuff we see with Corey, or do you want to? What, what do you want to talk about the legacy key, generally speaking, of how it came to be with the janitor? Well, we did. We did yesterday. We did a little a little conversation about it for some of our our quote unquote super fans, and we did talk about the the background and that this was a real thing at, at Beverly Hills High School, and I have no idea what Michael. Uh, if he asked anybody else or did anything with it, I really wasn't that interested. I was a president of my class. I, I thought I was going to run for president of school. I needed something to get into college, right? Uh, my grades weren't going to get me there. Um, and I, um, you know, just, you know, just, just didn't seem like there was that much of an upside. I really didn't need it. It's interestingly enough, Michael was a really smart student. He didn't. He, he ended up going to Berkeley. Another crew there, Peter. Right. Uh, so, so there was another. You know, he he was um, not needing it. The the other guy who I knew the year ahead of Michael who had it went to SC. And those guys need all the help they can get getting into college. <laughs> Let's face it. Once they get to SC, they're going to pull the same shenanigans there. Right. Um, you know, as, as SC has been going through all kind of uh, scandals in the last five or six years, mm, uh, yeah. which fits a university um, called the university, as, as we used to call it, uh, us at, at, at Berkeley and UCLA, where I taught the University of Second Choice. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I'm a I'm a Bruin actually. And, oh, Bruins! Uh, yes, yes for the, yes. the writers program. Yeah. Wow, and it's so interesting because I was helping Steve get into USC on the show, and I've just <laughs> been accepted to UCLA around that time. Oh wow! Like, yeah, wow. So it was interesting. So you were still a high school, a working actor in high school. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was perfect. right around the time, around 19 or 20, and I was doing a different world, and I got accepted into UCLA's theater program. And uh, shortly thereafter, 90210 came along. What do you remember reading this, Corey, and thinking, what did you think of your your character, Herbert Hubert? Was that something, by the way, did Ian just do that, just start calling you Hubert, or is that written, Chuck? That's I right. believe that was written. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he was he was really cool to work with. For me, what was exciting was the arc of this story and how I go from you know really wanting to help him out from an honest, good-hearted place to really at the end there that that final scene telling him off. And I'll always remember that uh, we did a few takes of that final scene, which we'll hopefully watch. We'll watch, yeah. And um, and I just I went into and they showed this this footage of really telling him off. And uh, I think Ian thought I was like really angry at him. And after we cut, he came over to me and he said, is everything okay? Are you angry with me? And I said, no, no, I just really got into it. Right. So it was, it was fun. <laughs> oh, wow. That's fascinating. All right. Yeah. Well, it's it kind of, this is the first scene I'm going to show. Hopefully it's the right one. I'm just, just Took you so long to come to your senses, big guy. Just give me a key, will you? And so... The torch is passed. At this time next year, you'll be pledging our fraternity. Is this really the master key to the school? Every office, every filing cabinet, every great bank. Legacy's in your hands now, Steve. Guard it with your life. There we have it. Now we're off to, off and running with this uh, the storyline, right? You gotta love that very subtle music. That we <laughs> very subtle. Like <laughs> <Right. laughs> the road uh, to hell is paved with good intentions. Is that? <laughs> but so the key doesn't work though. He goes to the school. The key doesn't work, and he meets Jeff Doucette, who is uh, Hudge the janitor, and he tries to you know get an understanding with what will he need to make this happen. Right. That's right. We have that scene, and and we use money. To, to do the, the bribe. However, I was told by the legacy key holder of the class of 68 that it just was, a, you know, a bottle of liquor every week that did the trick or every month. I don't even know what the breakdown was. Multiple bottles of alcohol. And it was weird to, for him to tell me that because, you know, I was only a sophomore I was only in 10th grade, and I would pass the janitor all the time and think, right. is he sober? <laughs> right. I didn't think about the legacy key. I just wondered, is he, is he drinking on, on school premises? <laughs> like I said, I was a student body officer. Here's some of that. Let's see. This must be important to you. Very important. Well, I don't see why anyone has to know about this. Thank you. You know... Anymore where this come from, you could buy yourself a legacy key. How did you know it was called a legacy key? <laughs> like I said, you're not the first. Great stuff, yeah. I mean, but also very subtly music choices, as you said, right? Well, yeah. you know, Steve Wasserman was, you know, this. he really liked this plot, so he was all over this. He'd go to music spotting, so... He probably wanted that. He had very subtle dialogue, very unsubtle music. Right. <laughs> Corey, we first see you uh, way earlier in the season, actually. You get brought in as Steve's uh, freshman buddy, I think is the, the idea there. Here's the, some of the first stuff we see with you. Steve Sanders. Oh, I found him. Herbert Little, your freshman buddy. Well, let's get one thing straight. You're not my little buddy. Hubert. Herbert. Fine. I'm only doing this because it looks good on my transcripts. So if you stay out of my hair, don't embarrass me, we'll get along just fine. Got it, Hubert? Herbert. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's great stuff, man, right? And then he saves you. He saves you right here. And 
what's going on. They won't give me my books. It's just a little healthy hazing. Here, Hubert. What's your problem, Sander? Look, Miller, you can pick on all the freshmen you want, just not my freshmen, okay? Well, you know this nerd? Yeah, I do. Better beat it, kid. Thank you, sir. <laughs> you really are a nerd, aren't you? Don't call me sir. Fine. As long as you don't call me Hubert. <laughs> That's great. Um, playing a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about that. Oh, I wasn't saying are... anything. I was being myself a hundred and ten percent. Yeah. These were jocks, and uh, you know they they, they uh, didn't see anybody who wasn't like them as as an equivalent. It's an interesting thing that certainly our uh, our director and our, our associate directors made sure that one of the extras in that scene who would be in a sad rule, a principal extra, only only our friend, um, you know, uh, uh, Tony Miller, uh, the character Tony Miller, um, you know, Michael Cudlitz, who, who yeah. actually worked, was our construction coordinator. And I remember that. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Uh, he, but the other two guys, you know, were just principal extras, and they made sure that this wasn't a white-black uh, confrontation, yeah. having right. one... Back in, so I'm proud they did that, so I don't have to defend their stupid exactly. casting choices all these years later. Right. Um, and so, Chuck, what what about what you're seeing here out of the work and all that stuff so far? Well, this was the one to get. You know, uh, Ian as Steve Sanders treated you badly, treated you badly, then came to your rescue and became uh, uh, like redeemed himself. So we so so those three story beats exist so that when he tanks on his SAT and he needs to help with the legacy key, he can come back to you. And and uh, so the, so the first one was just to establish. And I believe I don't know how many we, we, we took on many clips we have today, Pete, but the. You know, certainly the next one was to, hi, I'm your friend, and wouldn't it be cool if we did this together? Yeah. This yeah. walk on the wild side, as it were. Let's see. Hopefully that's this. Did you ever fantasize about breaking into some big company's computer system? Something like that? Every hacker does. You know, I hear they keep the grades in this school on computer. Yeah, it's an IBM ES9000. With a string of PS2s online. You really do know your stuff. You imagine what it'd be like to break into that bad boy? You can give yourself any grade you wanted. But you probably couldn't pull off something that big. I, I could if I wanted to. Yeah, right. Hey, the only thing I need to know is what the right password is. And everything else is a piece of cake. Oh, like someone's going to tell you what the password is. There are ways of finding out what it is. Huh. So it sounds intriguing, doesn't it? Sounds kind of crazy. But you could do it, right? Yeah, except this setup is a closed system. The only way to gain access is through an active file server. What is that? Oh, it means if you wanted to break into the computer. First, you'd have to break into the school. Well, what would you do if I told you I had that end covered? You're serious, aren't you? <laughs> oh, here we go. And now we're now we're really going. This is happening. First off, Chuck, the IBM ES9000, how, how did you just come up with this? Who, who, who came up with the, the computer system, the, 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 the PS2s that are going to be online? I mean, this is sophisticated stuff. And I imagine you have no idea about any of it. Uh, Steve Wasserman. <laughs> You know, his, uh, you know, Chip, too, would have probably known that off the top of his head. But at this point, he was uh, getting ready to be his debut with Home and Away. And he wasn't working on this particular episode, I don't think. So we just got and now I'm also curious, Chuck, because we've talked in the past about Mr. Spelling not loving computers. Um, this episode is so centered on computers. He must have had it. No, but it's, but it's, it's an artifice. It's a device. You know, I, I would say 
that the first, you know, you write a bunch of scripts before your career starts. And for me, my first one was a very political script called Winter in America. And the second one was a campus hijinks kind of based on our time playing softball in Berkeley uh, in which somebody breaks in and to the computers to steal the and change, get their grades changed. That was called cassavas. So we, I used the basis of the legacy key uh, it, in that too. We didn't, didn't call it a legacy key as they did at Beverly, but it was the same notion of let's change our grades and, you know, take a shortcut to success. So I, I, I'd been on it. It, it, it. It's an interesting topic um, in and of itself. Um, and, so, you know, so so it was new. But the, the PS, the P2s and the 9,000Xs from IBM, though, that's that's Wasserman. That's not Rosen. It's interesting. Hey, Chuck, Larry Mullen's going to drop in and say hello real quick. He just wanted to say hello. Hello, Larry. How are I, you? I got I got an email from Pete. I wasn't sure. Yet, I, say hello. It's such a busy day. Hi, Chuck. Hi, Corey. I've never met you. I, <laughs> I've never seen the episode. I know it's a great one because it's a classic one. People refer to it. And I'm sure I've referred to it and things, too, and used the, the basis of it, which is cheating, which is, you know, <laughs> for, for Steve Sanders, it was a cornerstone of his character, the ethically right. challenged boy. But, um, I just want to say hi. I, I'm La well, Larry and I. I wanted, why, why I brought Larry on is because we wanted to, t to tell fans that we've reached out to Brooke Thies, right? And she's going to do an episode of the podcast. So I wanted to announce that I was going to do it at the top of the show if you oh, wanted okay. to come on, <laughs> Larry. Well, well. But we're here. You stopped in, and so isn't that very exciting? So Chuck and Larry and I will have to figure out a way to do an episode which Brooke Thies can join us, right? I think it would be great. Yeah, I mean, she went through the sorority stuff, and then we brought her back in the uh, season six uh, during the Rose, you know, the uh, the Rose uh, Queen uh, storyline with uh, Donna Martin. Oh, good! I could be on half of the show that way. Exactly. <laughs> I, you know, exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna let you guys go. Uh, go rip it up. Everything else is good. Uh, it's it's our friend Amy. Amy is a big fan of our of our show. Also, just a happy birthday to Amy. It's her yes, birthday Amy's today. Amy's birthday. I wished her a happy birthday from the Peach Pit, didn't I, Amy? Yeah. Yes, Another reason why I wanted to bring Larry on. Okay, Larry, thank you so much, man. Good seeing That's you. Exactly. We are going to get back to our our, our regularly scheduled yeah, program here. Program, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Cool. Um. All right. So let's talk more about. Let's see what we have here next scene wise. Then then Steve kicks it up a notch. I don't need to change my grade, Steve. I get straight A's. So this is what I get for helping you when you needed me, huh? Getting my books back from some bullies isn't exactly the same thing as breaking the law. Oh, well, how about breaking out of your wimp mold for a change, Herbert? Besides, if you do this, you'll be the heir to the legacy key. And, well, that's just the greatest gift anybody can give to their freshman buddy. I don't know, Steve. Where is your sense of loyalty? Where's your sense of adventure, man? Come on. This is the ultimate score for a computer you're a hacker, aren't you? I mean, I don't even know if back then we were talking about hackers. You know what I mean? This is like now it's like in every day I get some sort of text message, you know, that it seems to be some sort of hacking scam, phishing scam. This was this this was new for, for the school, wasn't it? Uh, I think we got to teach you a little history, Mr. <laughs> um, have you ever heard of people who tried to hack AT&T? And, and okay. you know, in like 19, let's see, 1971. Okay. It, you know, and it was, you could use free, you could get free long distance calls because you could reroute stuff. And oh. Totally a different version of hacking, right? I mean, this is computer systems. Yeah. You know, but the first, but they were the they were hackers. They were the yeah. first guys. They were they, that's who they went after because that was the big electronic computerized universe. Corey, have you done any hacking? I have not done any hacking. However, I think it's pretty interesting to note uh, if you show the scene, <laughs> the size of the computer that I'm working on to hack was quite a monstrosity and uh, to know that we have these devices now that you know uh the size of that computer shows oh, you the era that we were in absolutely yeah. you know that's what i was saying when i was in when there was the legacy key era and i'm in high school the mm -hmm. computerized system 
was in an, its own room. And it yeah. had the cards, the key cards would come out. And, yeah. you know, there was one guy, Gary Peskin. I don't think he came to my 50th reunion, but he was the guy who would feed it. He, wow. he was the guy who knew how to run this machine, which was really important during elections. Right. And I was involved with the, the school at that point. So uh, one of the big moments here, do you want to ready for another clip, Chuck? Is, is it all goes, it does not go as planned. Grade bank files. Last name first. Sanders. S-A-N-D-E-R-S. First name, middle initial. Steven. S-T-E-V-E-N, middle initial, M. Here it is. Wow. These are the worst grades I've ever seen. You got a D in ninth grade math. That's a dissonance subtraction. And too much long division. What do you want instead? B. Done. <laughs> ah, I see we failed freshman social studies. Not for long. C okay? B. What's wrong? Just shut up, all right? I'm locked out. What do you mean? I don't know. The, the, the system could be crashing. There could be an alarm and a password. Well, what do we do? Just hold on a second. Let me try something first. What's going on here, man? No. Well, we better get the hell out of here. All right. There's so many yeah, interesting I wanna, things. I want to start by saying notice something. So many things this, here. You know this is a Rosen show? There was no music. No music. And I, and, every, and I would go to either spotting sessions. Actually, I, Steve was so into them that I just, you do them, because I knew I always had at the state, the sound stage, I could just say, drop the key, drop the cue. Right. We, I don't know. I'm sure he had music from the moment it started, and I just dropped it. I know. Mm -hmm. Because real life, the sound of real life is much more dramatic than any fake cue. Anybody making a little movie out there, just remember that. The, the real sound effects, that's where drama is. Music is something, they do, does embellish it, but it better be a good score, not something generic. Especially here, you know what I mean? When it's something that is. You had the other things. And the other thing I was just thinking, want to check this out with you, Corey. Um, the idea that if you didn't go to a course that was an F, I would have imagined, now I'm just, obviously how to know this but i bet whoever programmed this made it that if someone had an f it could not be changed right yeah. who who would do this is this a drew kinney thing or is this somebody else you mean who, who would design the, the computer and the turning the grades and all those screens yeah, or sure but it's all mock but i'm saying in in real if sure. this was real life and you wanted to protect the system that's what you would be protecting that nobody could change a failing grade. Right. right. That, that would make sense. Not, you know, so it may, I, I just wondering that as we were watching it, but I did well, want to make that point for the music before you, we started in on anything else. Sorry, Pete. Okay, Corey. Well, and I just remember I was so nervous in that scene and either somebody in production, someone kind of whispered over to me and they said, slow down on the keys. Cause I was just, da -da 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 -da. <laughs> and I right. realized, you know, I was just kind of, embellishing there a little bit but it's like a real hacker you know there's a, a, a reality to what a, a mode to the madness so uh that's a note i just remember 
it's an interesting thing too because there wasn't really like there wasn't a lot of this on television, right? So it's it's not like there was an experience where you can say like, well, remember when so and so hacked the, the the you know on TV last week? But now it's 2022, so now you would be able to like, I think I know how to hack. You know what I mean? But then, then it was like new. You were figuring out. I mean, I, you were slamming on the keys exactly how I would slam on. Yeah, the keys. there's a lot of there's a lot of so many creative things you can do with music. I remember one TV show. It was a, about the CIA. It was on CBS and and Sean Cassidy, the um, former musician who actor who was also a terrific uh, uh, writer and showrunner. He did this show, and what they did on it, which was very very cool, is you is when you, because they wanted to make it that the CIA was watching the ops in the field. Mm -hmm. But what they would do is they would make it all just kind of blurry in the field so that you would see, um, so that it could be anything. You didn't need to have the big, you know, I'm in Beirut. No, you're not in Beirut. You're in the next thing. But it's it's it looks like that just because that's all we could see. So there was yeah. a lot of, you know, creative ways to deal with the imagery on a computer uh, and I think there still is. I'm, I'm always uh, interested, but I really hate it as a viewer when there's something that's to be read, and you won't, you have to be a speed reader and able to yeah. the gist of it. This wasn't so bad. It was just be like you know. I mean, it's old school, so you know, it's an old computer, so it doesn't look yeah, I like. I love the fact that they were, it was all green and yeah, yeah same. It looked it looked like playing Pac Man a little bit. I kind of love that Steve does what I would do, and probably what you do, would do when it's not working. He just bangs it like as if yeah. that's going to, <laughs> as if that was going to. Sometimes it, it does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, definitely. Nobody's saying just reboot. Um, I want to show you, Corey. A couple people said Corey hasn't aged much. Good genes. <laughs> Somebody said, "Oh, for sure, he looks great." So uh, just, uh, just people are so excited that you are here. Oh, good to know. Thank uh, you, everyone. Mora wants to know who was the first actor Corey saw at Calvert Studios when you went in. Good question. I remember very clearly seeing Jason Priestley walk down the hall one day, and he he welcomed me. Oh, really? He That's awesome. Me, and I remember that. Yeah, and I felt mm -hmm. like, oh, okay, I'm like a part of the family now. Very cool. Is well, we I were, mean, oh, we, we were told all the time, you know, what a friendly show it is to come on, and one of them is because it was either Jason or Luke yeah. welcoming anybody who came into their domain, and yeah. and it was uh, they were they were wonderful ambassadors, good people. Um, and, and I will say, uh, Shannon Doherty gave me a shout out. Uh, she was on the Ar Arsenio Hall show, and at one point she did a shout out because at the time I was on the show. And she mentioned me, uh, which I thought was cool. Right. In what, I'm just curious in what context. I mean, that's that's fascinating to me. That's amazing. Yeah, somehow we had gotten onto uh, Arsenio. I gotten onto the topic about the show or something, and she happened to mention me. Some honorable mention. I'm not sure the context of it. Ah, but we I have it was to. Really cool. Somebody needs to dig that Arsenio clip up. I mean, it's. I think it's easy to find out and find out why he, she did it. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Arsenio was very open to our cast. They, they all went on all the time. We were definite fans of uh, Arsenio and vice versa. Mm. Uh, Justina says, Corey was on my TV so much during the 90s. It was very, very nice comment. Um, okay, let's see what else we have. I think we have this. It's not I don't know how I like you talking into this. Just lay low and play dumb, all right? This whole thing's gonna blow over in a couple days. Are you crazy? Tampering with a computer is a felony. We could get five years for this. Keep your voice down, okay? Did you see those guys from Miss Seasley? They're cops. And they're not gonna let this just blow over? Some hacker you turned out to be. How was I supposed to know the system would lock down? No man's gonna kill me. No, he's not. No one's gonna get caught because no one's gonna talk, right? Look, trust me on this one. You've seen your buddy, right? Good morning, West Beverly. Um, Steve's doing his best here, but it's not looking well. It's not looking good for him. You know what I mean? And he's he's, he's unraveling. Chuck, comment. And we're going to see him unravel. Uh, <laughs> next clip. Let's see what that is. What's the matter, Hutch? Now that this investigation is almost over, you want to squeeze one more payment out of me? You don't have enough money to buy your way out of this one, son. Buy my way out of what? I know for a fact the cops don't have any clues. 
Yeah, but what they do have is a janitor with one more year on his pension and a set of keys that opens up every door to this building. Are they accusing you of masterminding this break-in? Son, they grilled me for three hours yesterday over a lot more than your piddly little break-in. And tomorrow we go another round and I got to give them something and I'm afraid it's going to be you. Hey, you can't do that. Sorry, son, I got a lot to lose. Hey, man, I paid you. Well, money can't buy you everything now, can it? Great stuff here. Uh, he, you know, and the janitor had been, Hudge had been doing, had been going along with this. And then obviously he reaches his breaking point. How important was this stuff, Chuck? Without it, there's, you know, what, what's he going to do? Now he's backed in a corner. He doesn't have the, the guilt that he can, he can uh, use over Corey and uh, over Herbert. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it, it starts at the beginning of a transfer of, of a major transformation because he knows he's caught. And, yeah. and I think that, do we have the one more clip? I, I think the other thing that cements the deal, I'm being, I'm going to get caught. And then he, uh, uh, being the self-absorbed a-hole that the character is, um, he tries, tries to get one more mechanism. And we have ourselves where- a little situation. Situation? Yeah, I know this sounds insane, but let me put this in perspective, okay? Look, I'm a senior. You are a freshman. If you take the rap from me, they'll figure you're immature. You're misguided. You are rehabilitatable. But me, I'm a senior. If I get busted, I get expelled. Boom, my life is over. So you you want me to be the fall guy, is that it? Look, I know this break-in thing didn't go exactly as we had planned. I'm not blaming anybody for that. These things happen. But you know, I wouldn't ask you to help me out of this mess unless it was really, really important to me. But if you do this, I'll be eternally grateful. You know, during my freshman orientation, when I signed up for a senior buddy, I could have never imagined I'd be paired up with as disgusting a human being as you are. You're a cheater, a liar, a screw-up, and you're so conceited, you think you could buy your way out of anything or use anyone as long as it's good for Steve Sanders. And the truth is, I don't know how you could stand being you. Really good stuff, man. Uh, and you talked you talked a little bit about doing that stuff with Ian and him thinking that it's uh, it was it was serious. Um, what else do you remember about about kind of getting to a place as an actor at that time to do something like that, a scene like that at a young age? Yeah, it was it was a great opportunity for me to uh, unleash my emotions, and particularly, you know, we kind of joke about. <laughs> being the nerd and the, the freshman buddy, but you know, I'm, t- I'm typecast. I mean, I am many of those things, all of those things. It's a part of who I am. And so uh, the perception is, Hey, he's the nice guy. You know, he doesn't get uh, ruffle any feathers. And so this was an opportunity for me through Herbert to really express another dimension of, of my personality. And um, I love that scene. I loved acting in it. I loved, I think yeah. we, I forget how many takes we did, but I loved it. Well, I think that the take that Ian uh, uh, asked you or you angry at him was not the take that we ultimately used because that was not anger over the top. That was really just well-delivered um, passion, I thought. Thank not, not excessively. Did you Sorry, find that excessively, excessively angry, Pete? What? What's that? No, Did I, you find that an excessively angry? No, not at all. Not delivery? at all, no. Uh, and I bet most of the people watching didn't either. So I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that the one that I asked you, hey, are you pissed at me, is not yeah. the one that we're watching here. Yeah. yeah. No, it felt it felt really, really good. Uh, somebody wants to know if the ponytail was for the show or was that the look that you had at the time? <laughs> well, Mr. Rosen, I think you've uh, verified that you may have <laughs> hired me because of the ponytail. So the ponytail <laughs> was before... 90210, and I think it helped seal the deal if I heard you correctly. <laughs> it was unique. I hadn't seen one before, and I don't, you know, and, and uh, I'm always amazed at, at people's hair, uh, particularly. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, all right, let's take a look at this. We also talked to uh, Jeff Doucette a while back, and uh, he was the janitor, and this is a couple of things he had to say. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to have done it, especially a three-episode uh, three arc was nice because I got to dig in a little bit and, and feel in the smallest little way that I was part of the cast, you know? Because usually as a guest, you come in and you're, and you're gone the next week. And so you might remember some names. They might remember your name. But this was nice. And uh, uh, I was working a lot at that time. So it was... It was in my heyday, the 80s and mid 90 up to the mid late 90s. And now again, all of a sudden I'm working a lot again. But uh, uh, I, I don't know. It was just it was a good time in my life. And and I was having a lot of fun. St Steve and Jessica were uh, dear friends of mine. And how do you uh, know them? How did you connect with them? Steve and Jess, my roommate. Uh, where I was living uh, was one of was Steve's friend from school or something. Oh. And they used to come over to my house and we would, what I, I had this barbecue called a hasty bait and we would, we would just laugh all the time. We then come over and it would take like forever to smoke because <laughs> it was a smoker, you know, and it would take forever and we'd get so drunk waiting for the food to be ready. And we would just laugh and laugh and uh, just became great, great friends. And then I'd go up to their house and we'd hang out there and, and they'd cook a goose or a, something unusual. <laughs> and and we'd, we'd just spent our time laughing all the time. So that was great. Um, and did, it's great to hear about Jessica, right? I remember the scene up at their house in, in up in Los Feliz. It was a lot. They'd, they'd have parties. It would be fun. I'm wondering if I was ever at a party with Jeff Doucette and didn't know it. Or, Probably. Or that because I don't remember ever talking to him, um, uh, Shop Talk. But right. he, he we did look it up. His man is still working and uh, he's had a 50-year career. So God bless you, Jeff. Um, and, you know, uh, Jeff talked about feeling like he was a small part of the cast at that time. Corey, did you have that same sense of what Jeff was saying I did. for that week? I, I did. And it's interesting because another person that was very warm and welcoming to me was uh, Joe Itata. I always remember him just being just very um, approachable and we would have a few conversations here and there. Um, and it was like, Hey, come on in, be a part of this. So, yeah. Uh, we we know Joey passed away recently too, so it's uh, we've been hearing a lot of really beautiful things about him. Um, what about getting recognized from this, from nine hundred two one zero? Did this happen immediately when you came out of the show? Were people like, "This is the hacker"? <laughs> did well, anybody say, don't allow him here? He might hack the computers. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't me. It was for the for the following twenty years after that, and even up to. Now, recently, you're the guy that helped Steve change his grades. That's what I would get. That's yeah. what I would get. That's really great. Oh, not as much, but also for a different world, right? Yeah, yeah. I would More get both. For a different, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think the episode's great, Chuck. What else? What other things do we have to talk about? I think there was one other scene that we didn't even really talk about that I wanted to 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 bring up. <laughs> When I get finished with you, you won't know what sorry means. There's more. Wonderful. What could you have possibly left out? You have to come to the school with me on Monday. Makes it official. Official? They throw you out of school without talking to me first and I have to make it official? What is it, some kind of a ribbon-cutting ceremony? You have to sign some papers, I think. Well, let me tell you something, Stephen. I will not be signing any papers, and you will not be expelled from school like some low-life juvenile delinquent. I am Samantha Sanders, and you are my son. And I will not take this lying down. So, I mean, we didn't talk about that, but that is some really good stuff out of Samantha, Samantha Sanders. What did you think about the ribbon cutting? <laughs> Great line. You, you couldn't hear me laughing. You know, the lot with lines like that is just and and just you know, so Beverly Hills and A-list showbiz, and 
if you've had any exposure to that, anyone or anyone really who's a top dog in any out of their field, in their respective field, boy, that's what you get. No, they don't know who they're messing with. And once in a while, I confess, uh, relative uh, expressions like that come out of my my mouth. Well. <laughs> I, I'm Charles Rosen. Like like Samantha Sanders says, I'm Samantha Sanders. Have you ever done one of those? I'm Charles Rosen. No, I'll tell you when I did one time. <laughs> I was I was coming back from uh, I was an intern in Washington D.C. in the summer of 1973. Great time to be an intern. Senate Watergate was going on, and I would go every afternoon and watch them interrogate Ehrlichman and Halderman and Mitchell and all the people straight out of history. And um, anyway, it was a fabulous summer. And now I'm driving home on I-80 all the way to get home at that point in mine was, was Berkeley, California. And going on I-80, and I stop uh, to, to it, you know, in, in a town in Nebraska, past Omaha, past Lincoln, just a town, Kearney, Nebraska. And I wait, and I want to get an early start. And I get up really early, and I'm going to drive for an hour. It's going to be great. Not realizing that Kearney, Nebraska is the dividing line between central and mountain time. Okay. When I think I'm getting up and getting on the road at six, I'm getting on the road at five. And, and there's nobody there and I'm cruising along and all of a sudden a state trooper comes and my car, I'm moving back from Washington, D.C. My car is full of stuff. You know, suitcases, this in the back, just threw everything in because I was driving cross country back. And um, and the guy is uh, the cop is is, uh, you know, comes. He's a young guy. He's about my not much older than me. And he comes back and he he's looking at my driver's license and and he's looking at everything in the car. And and I had forgotten one element of the car. The car did not belong to me. Okay. car and i had picked it up in milwaukee wisconsin uh where she was and and had now taken it taken it back and driving it back and um the guy keeps asking me he's saying and so you're this he said where are you coming from and i had said kearney nebraska and he asked me for the third time where are you coming from and i looked at him and i went you you want to know where i'm coming from and i I took out my pass at, from got me into Congress, hollowed uh-huh. house, you know. Right, right. And, and he looks at it and he goes, "Okay, just drive a little slower." Uh, <laughs> that was the one time I used my. I'm Charles Rosen. I love it. I love it. Wow. Uh, Kevin wants to know, Corey. Does Corey feel that Herbert was completely innocent? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I think uh, he was he was coerced and. Uh, should take some responsibility for it. Uh, Jason wants to know, why wasn't Hutch arrested? Steve and Herbert were kids. This man took a bribe. He should not only have lost his job in custodial arts, but spent time in jail. <laughs> Herbert? Yeah. He didn't take a bribe. No, no, no. Uh, uh, Hutch, the janitor. Well, he may have. That may be some fan fiction when, when <laughs> Steve goes to visit him in, uh, in prison all those years later. That's... <laughs> That's great. Yeah, <laughs> we just didn't think there was a real big demand in our eighteen to our our twelve to twenty four demographic to find out what was going on with my well, the janitor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> fired him. They replaced him. It happened. Yeah. Um, obviously, the legacy key is one of the biggest storylines in this season of nine hundred two and zero. Chuck, what do you, looking back on it, we looked at it a whole bunch of times this now this this week. What do you what do you think about about this well, and how it? The thing that I liked really liked about this one, and we we did it with the triangle too. We we put it off in the side, but this one, you know, you go in. We the first episode that you got introduced, Corey, was called "Song of Myself." Then we had another episode fill in backstory had to do with Brenda smoking. Then there was Highwire, our college episode which Mr. Spelling hated. He didn't want to be thinking about college. And it was a tough time for the writer on, on that one, particularly with a bunch of notes. But after Highwire came two other episodes. We did the Home and Away, the football episode. That's right. And then we did the Presumption of Innocence, which was our incest episode. That's right. And then it comes on for a couple 
but then there's one that you know is is isn't away, and then it comes back again. Maggie, Maggie, put this up. <laughs> the, the horses. So there is the horse woman's the, the wild horses episode, right? Yeah, we're going to talk about that, and I'm actually going to because I had to watch it to for this episode because the horse is in it. And right. Smart Alec Adam, Maggie. Maggie. and yeah. the fact of the matter is, there's a lot in that episode that's really good, and a lot of what's going on here is and, really good. And, yeah. and, a, and an A story that uh, may have could have used a, a little <laughs> bit of a rewrite. <laughs> um, well, that's a very interesting story, and and definitely. And then the whole thing is, is then it it, it even has uh, another pause, and you don't really see the tension. Until, you know, three episodes later, right? You know, uh, you know, you do have the episode, of course, where Samantha comes in on, on on his behalf, and you you have that, and you know, you do have that moment. But we were able to just keep it alive, keep, and then after the detention episode, he was in detention, but we never talked about it until right. the late episode, which was four to the end. So he was mm -hmm. always going there, and the one thing he kept saying is, "I'm getting better grades." Right. Get better grade. So we always knew that we would use detention as a way to allow Steve to get into take his test again with a little better grade point in the senior year and get mm -hmm. into California University, especially because he was all of a sudden we switched gears and SC didn't matter anymore. His father went to California University. That's what mattered. Right. Um, and Chuck, in the, on the Patreon, when we were planning this, you talked about I am wanting heavier parts. He wanted something to really, you know, get sink his teeth into as an actor, and I think he gets it here. Right? What do you What do you think? Well, certainly in the in the in the story arc, he gets a wide range of things. He gets his moment of redemption, going back to apologize to all the people as if it was making up for bad behavior in a twelve step program. Sure. Then he then he goes through to the, the the detention and gets into a real kind of muscle car. Uh, you know, fight and and realizes that, uh, you know, he's not really a, jo a juvenile delinquent. And there's another way to go through, through like not having to be so macho. And, um, and, 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 and it gets the life lesson. So I, I, I hopefully he felt this was better because he didn't always like playing the despicable human being where someone like you could tell him off and and say, uh, you know, how bad can you be? Because he was, right. he was pretty, pretty. Uh, he would, he'd be willing to cut corners and sacrifice whoever had to be sacrificed. And uh, and then when he gets to college, you know, have a one night stand with a girl and uh, and almost cause her to have a nervous breakdown, which we right. just went through on something called uh, Take Back the Night. Yep. Corey, when you come into the series, this show is huge. This is this is the years where everybody's talking about this show. They're on Rolling. They're in the cover of Rolling Stone. Um, they're all over the tabloids. Was that intimidating to walk into? Uh, slightly, um, because the good news was I could share with everybody in my family. Hey, I'm on this show. I'm on this show. The other side of it is that I come from an entertainment family. My father is a ventriloquist. And, and so one of the notes he gave me is that even when it comes out, don't tell anybody until you see it yourself. So there was a part of me of like, yeah, I made it on this show. And there's another part is like, okay, wait till the show airs and then start telling more people. Would, would we know your father as a, as a famous ventriloquist? Is he? Absolutely. Willie Tyler and Lester. Wow. Oh, my, my, my. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes, indeed. Um, that's the most famous, I, I'd say, right? Wouldn't, wouldn't you say I, that? I believe so. I believe yeah. so. The brothers, absolutely. Good that's amazing. Is, is your dad still living? He's still here. Still here. Beautiful. And just he's celebrated still, his 82nd did he birthday. Teach did he 72nd or 82nd? 82nd. Mazel tov. Many more. Did he, yes. um, did he teach you how to do it? Or, or, no. or He tried to, and I was terrible at it. That's why I went into acting. Right. Yeah. But now you but you went out of acting at a certain point, right? You got more into production. You have other what, what, what have you been doing since yeah what, yeah. what have you been up to? Yeah, so I've had quite the uh quite the journey. I am now a mediator. So I help families re reconcile and it's something I've been doing for the last 
10 years that I absolutely love. So there's a way in which I'm able to be with people when they're expressing their emotions and when they're not getting along and when they're in conflict. And that's something I've been doing for the last 10 years. And the beauty of it is that I can always harken back to my days as an actor where I understand about uh, the range of emotions and expression. So I absolutely love it. I love what I'm doing now. I'm so happy. My wife is a mediator, Karen uh, Rosen, who worked on this show as a writer oh, and, and fantastic. produced a lot and was a was was in, in more in, in family law. And, and she yeah. hated family law, but she was a terrific uh, mediator in family disputes. That was her yeah. focus of it. And uh, what a wonderful thing you do. We should have many more media. It should be much more support. Get people out of the courtrooms and get them talking and with, with exactly. people who've been trained to to not let their emotions or prejudices come into the decision-making. So good yes. to see you. I'm always, you know, I always, back in the day, whenever I would hear that somebody would leave show business, I'd mm -hmm. always say to them, they, oh, congratulations, you're a hero. Didn't matter <laughs> what else you were doing, but yeah. certainly in your case, certainly more yeah. worthwhile than saying, you know, where, where where's the... Um, you know what's what, what's wrong with these uh, these donuts are stale. Where's the craft right. person? You know? Right, right. Um, Corey, you look back on this episode, these episodes. What do you think? Do you think that they still hold up? How do you feel about them? I mean, do you have kids? I mean, do, do, have you shared it with some of your your family? And what what, what do they think? Uh, yes. So I'm a proud father of two boys, nine Amazing. and thirteen. Wow, just hit me. I'm a parent to of a thirteen year old, a teenager. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and they look back fondly, you know, it's something for them to look back at. Uh, first of all, you know, I started as a dancer and went into um, uh, acting. And so when they watch these videos of me, it's like, wow, look at dad. He looks so young. Uh, <laughs> contrary to what maybe some of the people have commented, thank you very much. Um, but yeah, it's something that I break out in. And the really cool thing is that my dad and then my kids will all be on the couch like watching this stuff. And it's just beautiful to have like three generations there watching something like 90210 that's timeless. Yeah, absolutely. That was mis that's what Mr. Spelling wanted. So, you know, uh, you live in the, you're, you're, you'd be very happy to hear that. Well, Corey, thank you for joining us. This has been really great, man. It's 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 been a pleasure t chatting with you. Uh, I, we don't know where we're going next week. We know that we're trying, that Diane Young is, who, who is uh, casting. So you probably met Diane at some point. Corey, um, we know yep. that um, she's very close to being ready, and we're working through that. She's in good spirits. She can't wait to do it, Chuck. We, we talked through that thing, and she's excited about it. So we think that's where we're going next. We do have this Brooke these thing. So Beverly Hills 90210 show has got uh, suddenly has a lot of things happening. And I will acknowledge that the two episodes that I'm prepared to just do an episode deep dive with you, Pete in the way that we do the watch along and then whatever yeah. after that is both the horse show we have and, to and the um detention the game is chicken both of those have which to be I done did, which i remember being told that that was the last true high school show we did and okay I have, and i have to kind of agree with it because right after that it was jack mckay gets out of prison and we're yeah. all into another mode of <laughs> melodrama and storytelling so this is we have to cover those and we definitely have to bring Larry into the horse episode. You have to let him have some fun with with that, I would say, right? Well, <laughs> try to tease me on this. I have to remind you and anyone who teases <laughs> I got paid to do it. That's fine. Well then we, we should let you come on and do a Larry episode from the season six. How about I just watch any episode you know after season six and I can have a ball? You know, about, about melodramatic music cues. Yeah. <laughs> I can just imagine without somebody saying, strip that cue. What is that cue? I mean, Larry, especially now, Larry has phenomenal taste in music. He is in he music. Is. But he, is. He, he ceded that to other people, so he, he didn't really uh, go into those battles. Justina says, love Corey. Glad he was on the podcast. I'm all about gratitude, my man. And uh, just so thankful that you spent your time with us here. I know you got a lot going on, but we really appreciate you and what you gave to this. You, you, you know, I've told people all the time about 90210. It seems like it's a, a thing that you did all those years ago, but it's touched so many people's lives and they're still talking about these moments and, and whatnot. So thank you for the work. It was really, really wonderful. 
Nice to meet you, Corey. Happy to be a part of the. Thank you, Charles. Thank you, Peter. Care, happy brother. to be a part of the family. All right, my man. Thank you. Have Thank a good you. one. Bye. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.